Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Welcome everyone to Beyond Surviving, the safe space for survivors of childhood sexual abuse to receive support, resources, and share their stories. Beyond Surviving is about freedom, healing, connection, and even laughter and fun. Most importantly, it's about letting go of the pain of abuse and finally moving on. You can learn more about me and the Beyond Surviving program at rachelgrantcoaching.com. Now, today, folks, I am so very excited to have here with me my guest, Mike Chapman, who's really going to be talking with us about his unique journey of healing from trauma. He experienced incest and childhood sexual abuse and trafficking. He's also a survivor of sexual assault as an adult by clergy. His story ultimately is really about the healing journey so that he could come to a point in his life where he is living his dream, y'all, and we're going to get to hear all about that. He is such an advocate for abuse survivors, and he's a recovery life coach for both Polar Life Consulting and Husband Material. Are y'all out there looking for some husband material? Might be a little helpful with that. Um, he's located in Wilson, North Carolina. And he's 57 and shares his life with his wife, Beth. So, Mike, thanks so much for being here with us. I really appreciate you taking the time to go, come join us today. Uh, my pleasure. I'm 58 now. You're 58. You had a birthday since, since we talked. <laughs> well, happy birthday. Well, thank happy you. 58. Thank you, Rachel. Appreciate yeah, it. amazing. So I really want to just start from the place of just giving you lots of space, you know, to share your story. Um 
whatever you would like the listeners to know about what's happened, what your journey has been like, and and where you are today. Right. Well, uh, I've talked to a lot of survivors, and not always do we is our journey linear. Sometimes it bounces around a little bit, and that's what happened to me. Um, uh, when I was 20 in college, a uh, minister, uh, Methodist minister, took an interest in me, and I thought, cool, I was a product of divorce, father wasn't involved in my life, and it's like, here's this godly man taking an interest in me. Wow, that's wonderful, but uh, little did I know he was a pedophile and like teenage boys, and I was... Uh, a late bloomer, and even though I was 20, I looked, I could pass for 16 easily, and it fit his profile, plus I was legal. So, uh, and once he made attempts and um, uh, started touching things where he shouldn't, I realized what he was trying to do, and thankfully, I was able to stop it. But then all those uh feelings of guilt and shame and so forth, just overwhelming me. What is it about me that he would be interested in? And, uh, but also something in the back of my mind knew what was going on and told me, no, stop, make it stop. And I didn't know where that came from. And then, uh, fast forward, uh, several years, I get married, uh, uh, moved to the East Coast. I'm originally from Oregon. Uh, met my wife. We had a daughter. And soon after the daughter was born, I don't know, something clicked. And uh, I started having a whole lot of memories, feelings, and so forth. And I got help for that. And then it came out that I had been abused by my father as well. Uh, sexually abused. Uh, at the time, I thought it started at age three. It turns out it was actually earlier than that, about age seven months, and continued mm -hmm. till I was about five. Uh, but as far as I knew, it was around age three. And I started getting help for that, uh, getting counseling, whatever I could get. Didn't have a lot of benefits at the time. So uh, professional counseling was out. So whatever support groups I could find to help with that. Then um, did as much as I could uh, to help myself through that. And then fast forward to 2019, uh, HBO had the documentary uh, Leaving Neverland. And mm -hmm. I was able to watch that. And so many things clicked with um, my own experiences and knew I needed to dig into this because I knew I was carrying all of that guilt and shame and so forth and needed to really go through that again and really figure out, okay, do I need to get help? How can I, there's still all this stuff inside of me because I had really hadn't dealt with it that much. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I, uh, after, the four-hour HBO special, they had a one-hour Oprah special uh, that followed. And in that special, it talked about an online support group uh, for male survivors of abuse, male survivor. And I went there, and they have an online forum that's been there for uh, over a decade. 
thousands of men have posted their stories on there and um, I was able to share mine and just learn so much from these men, how much they've experienced, what symptoms we had in common, what is quote unquote normal for someone who has experienced this. What of that, so many things, there's so many commonalities. And uh, they said, oh yeah, you, and you probably have PTSD. It's like, oh, I do? Okay, let's research that. And I'm pulling up the website. Oh, you probably have PTSD. It's like this, 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 this. Like, okay, that's me, that's me, that's me, that's mm-hmm. me. All the way down the list. And then I started freaking out. Okay, if I get healed from all of that, what's left? Yeah. Because that was scary. Because that pretty much described all of my personality at that point. So if you take all that away, who is the real Mike? And I didn't know. Mm-hmm. And that was scary. But I, I wanted to learn more. And I got in touch with a PTSD therapist. Wonderful. Uh, he's well-versed in several different methodologies on trauma therapy. Not only EMDR, which seems to be the de facto treatment these days, but it has training and brain spotting and several other methods as well. Uh, it's like a toolbox that he can just pick and choose different tools from the different uh, uh, methodologies that he studied for whatever seems to fit that particular issue that you're dealing with. So, so helpful. And through all of that, we were also able to uncover um, that I had been trafficked by my father from pay, from age five to age eight to other men at what they call voice swap events. Uh, basically, men getting together, bringing underage boys, uh, usually sedated uh, for uh, sexual exploitation purposes uh, and uh, uncovering that and then dealing with all of those memories and all of the uh, PTSD flashbacks started to, now that I uncovered all that stuff, all that came to the, to, to the fore uh, and dealing with those in therapy and so many things were confirmed. And then since 2019, I've been trying to heal from all of that and discover mm-hmm. who I really am outside of just the set of symptoms and uh, allowing the real mic to emerge. And that's been an interesting journey as well. Mm-hmm. Mike, I, I really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Thank you for breaking the silence. Thank you for your voice, your truth, your vulnerability. Um, I'm always profoundly um, uh, honored when somebody shares their journey um, with me, with this community and this, this way. And, you know, particularly for my male listeners, I know it's just so important to hear and see themselves, you know, um, just through the lens of gender identity. And um, and so thank you for that. Right. A couple of things that I want to kind of dig into from your story. I want to talk a little bit about this piece of recalling memories. I know, you know, we know as a result of trauma, memories, um, traumatic memories can be um, 
have gaps, they can go, you know, be stored, but not recalled, no conscious memory. And then later in life, we can be going through a healing process. And then we have a retrieved memory or a recalled memory. And um, I know for many people that is, it is very unsettling, right? Because you've kind of been trucking along with a certain sense of what my life was, what I've lived, what I've experienced. And then this really rocks the boat. And I wonder how you, like, what were some of the things that made the biggest difference for you as you process through those memories that were coming up that, that weren't conscious throughout your life that came in, you know, as an adult? Um, how did you deal with things like, is this really real? Right. Am I making this up? Um, and then just the, the shift that it caused in your foundation of right. self. Could you speak to that a little bit, yeah. whatever comes to mind? Definitely. Uh, when those memories started to uh, come up, I think originally, back when I was 30, um, looking into this stuff, I, I started uh, reading a book. And uh, it was a story of a lady who was similarly abused for me and this lady. It was forced oral. Um, and she describes what happens and I'm as I'm reading this a light went on that oh my god that happened to me and it was I, I call it a wave of truth it just kind of like trickled Ooh. down mm-hmm. my, my whole body and it just got tingles and then uh, I was in a support group and I talked to the leader uh, I was just like crying nonstop. and this was back when it was pagers and payphones that's how that's showing my age. So I got on the main phone, <laughs> talked to the the uh, twelve steps or the, the the sport group leader, and so I was like, I didn't stop at all. So he just calmed me down and kind of stepped me through it and got me back together. Uh, but yeah, then wondering, okay, am I crazy? Is am I just making this up? And then looking into different parts of my story and extended family and remembering past events. Uh, It had come out about seven or eight years previously that my father had sexually assaulted several extended family members. And I was able to contact one of them and say, okay, what do you remember? Because it was just, it wasn't what act, it was just that an assault happened with mm-hmm. them. Okay. And then they described the same act that I remember happening to me. And it's like, oh, boom, confirmation. And it was indeed my father. Uh, and so and, and then also it was like this huge puzzle piece that had been missing. Yeah. Once you put that puzzle piece in, all the other puzzle pieces made sense. So the fact when I was kindergarten and swimming lessons, they tried to duck my head underwater and I totally freaked out and ran to the bathroom and never wanted to come back. And I was bawling and I didn't know why. Um, that certain foods like cherry tomatoes, uh, that if I eat them and they explode in my mouth, that's just, oh, it just, it just freaks me out. Textile, tactile sensations, which just all of a sudden all those things made sense. It's like, oh, and then um, going to the male survivor site 
so many more things. It's like, oh, me too, me too, me too, me too, me too. Uh, so many things that they were talking about that um, made sense. And then I also, what brought me to discover the uh, trafficking was not my therapist, was actually male survivor, that I had always remembered having this memory block around first grade. I remember kindergarten really well. I remember second grade really well. Uh, but first grade was like a big black hole in my memory. Mm-hmm. And so then I started, okay, typing, uh, sharing. And uh, Male Survivor is wonderful. It's anonymous. So you can come up with whatever name you want and post there. But it is public. Uh, so if you don't even know if you want to share, you can go on there and you don't even have to log in. You can read stories. But then when you want to log in, they encourage you. Yes, be anonymous. Um, and it gives you a little bit more freedom to share from your heart. Uh, and I shared this weird memory of, uh, camping. It was actually after first grade, but it's felt important. And Mm -hmm. it, I was pulled out of my bed middle of the night by my father. Okay. Grab the, grab, help me grab your, um, mattress. We're going to throw it in the back of the station wagon. That's minivans back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're going camping. Okay. No weeks before, hey, we're going camping. Something to look forward to. Yay. No, last minute, middle of the night, throw me in the back of the station yeah. wagon. We're going camping. Yeah. And then we get there and it was during the gas crisis. So we had to stop for gas. Yeah, so this was 73. There was huge gas lines that apparently he didn't plan for. So it was several hours waiting in line trying to get gas. And I think because of that, I woke up whenever sedative he gave me wore off and he didn't think to bring backups. And so when we arrived at the campground, I was awake. I saw where we were, where we were. I saw who was there. And apparently two other boys, same thing happened. And so, uh, but anyway, uh, mm-hmm. I do remember this, uh, they, they put us over on the side of the lake and they say, okay, you stay here. You see this giant rock. Okay. You stay here from here all the way away from the, the lodge. The lodge is on this side. That's where all the grownups were going to be. And we'll bring you lunch. We'll let you know when meals are ready, but you stay there and don't get wet but you just go play. And that was camping for the weekend. And it made no sense. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't understand it, but then I put it on there and someone said, do you think that was a boy swap event? Mm. What's that? And then they describe it. It's like, Oh, and that whole truth wave trickled down. And it's like, Oh, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And right as soon after that is when my father left, that he divorced my mother and moved out. And I think I had aged out and I was the youngest of three. I had two older sisters. And so, yeah, he was no longer interested. And um, so that particular event, nothing happened, but obviously it had happened a whole lot previous events and probably yeah. a lot during that first grade period, which is why I blacked most of it out. Right. Um, 
So, Mike, you've articulated something that in, in a way that I've kind of been trying to seek and find, um, you know, to to name, which is there's this moment of absolute clarity. This the way that you're describing it as this wave of wave of truth. There's this moment of like, yes, and it's only after the fact, when we start to kind of deal with the consequences of that truth, that I think we begin to maneuver, right? Like, I don't want to believe this. This is a hard thing to believe. And right. it would be just so much easier if it weren't true, right, um, in some way. And so I think that's really important because that can actually become um, a, a resource, uh, an anchor when you're processing through trauma memories and you come into that place of doubt to even just like represents that moment, that feeling, those sensations to come back into the assuredness that was there and to know that the doubts and the fears are com it's compensation um, at the end of the day. Thank you for sharing that with us. I, I think that's a really beautiful viewpoint and way of thinking about that and holding space for those experiences that we have yeah. that are troublesome to recall. And I'm just, I also feel like, man, you know, I, I, it's just thinking of you as a little five-year-old guy, you know, and the excitement of like, you know, going out with dad and we're going to go on a trip and even if it's last minute and, oh my gosh, this is an adventure. But for that to have been a space in which he absolutely did not do his job of protecting you and nurturing you and taking care of you, um, my inner self is like, fuck that guy right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I know we, we find all sorts of ways to hold people who have harmed us. But in this particular moment, I'm just like, man, it's just it's so unfathomable in so many ways how you know, a person can can do that to a child. And what I'm really present to, though, is your resilience, is your fortitude, is your absolute determination to to not be held back um, by these experiences. And so um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about just the general topic of sex sex trafficking, because we often think of this as something that happens to girls and something that is about stranger danger. And your story really illustrates that we need to think about this very differently. So I want to dig into that a little bit more, as well as just start to hear more of what you would offer to those um, who are in their own healing journey and process what you've learned that you'd like to pass on today. So let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Are you fed up with missing out on life because of fear and anxiety? One of the hardest aspects of being afraid is that the fear and anxiety takes on a life of its own. A single moment becomes a defining moment. You know, one person hurting you becomes a fear that everyone will hurt you. Our fears and anxieties are not to be taken lightly. They can be so strong that they immobilize us. But there is a way out. And during my 60-minute masterclass, I'm going to share with you the keys to unlocking the cage of fear and anxiety so that you can finally do the things you love and obtain the things that you want in your life. Go now to rachelgrantcoaching.com slash fear dash class and download your MP3. Now, back to our show.
Welcome back, everyone. I'm here with Mike Chapman, who is sharing his beautiful, powerful story of healing. So before the break, you talked about these, you know, experiences of being taken to these boy swaps, which like that, like my stomach just hurts, you know, there's a name for it, there's a thing. And, and again, you know, this for me is really important, because when we think about sex trafficking, we usually put that in the lens of, first of all, gender, girls, and second of all, like a child being kidnapped and kind of taken away from their family and, you know, put out into the world. And I think it's really important for us to understand that what you experience within your home um, as a man, um, as instigated by a parent, is sex trafficking when you are, you know, given out um to other people um to be abused so i wonder if you could just talk about you know your perspective on this matter and um and what we need to really understand and know and um so that we can protect boys better yeah right um yeah i it's so pervasive yet so hidden uh in society and um, I know uh, doing research in my own healing, uh, they've spoken to uh, pedophiles who really don't have a preference, male versus female, um, and they often would choose males as their target, and they asked why, and they said, boys don't tell. That because of society, men have to be strong, mm-hmm. and to admit that something happened shows weakness. So boys in general tend to not tell. And you look at even sexual assault happens in the military. I just uh, heard a podcast like only five percent or three percent uh, actually tell when. Uh, sexual assault happens, and it's all everywhere. Men and boys do not come forward to admit that they've been abused. Mm -hmm. Uh, And sometimes it's also because physiologically our bodies respond to any kind of touch, and our body doesn't know good touch versus bad touch, right? Uh, healthy relationship versus abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. Our bodies will respond, period. Uh, men and boys will get ejac- get erections, get ejaculations. Yeah. And yeah. you feel, it's like my body betrayed me. And mm. that I feel, oh, I must have liked this. Uh, I, it's part of condoning and the part of the grooming process. The perp will use that to their advantage. It's like, hey, see, your body is responding. It likes this, so you like this. And uh, trying to con- make normalize the abuse and make it as if this is just something special with yeah. the relationship. And oftentimes, including the uh, Neverland interviewers, it took them a long time to admit that what had happened to them was indeed abuse, because right. that's how pervasive the grooming process is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with trafficking, it's the same way. Uh, that it happens so often in families that families are the traffickers, that 
uh, mom, dad, uncle, that they will, for whatever reason, multiple reasons, uh, use their child or a child within the family. It might not even be their own, mm-hmm. uh, but a niece, nephew, whatever, uh, someone they may have temporary custody of or whatever, yeah. and will traffic them uh, for drugs, for money, in my instance, for the ability to abuse other children. Uh, Access, sure. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, and mm-hmm. with boys, they talk about uh, the um, don't talk to strangers, stranger danger. Okay, someone might kidnap you. But they don't talk about like they do for girls. Okay, private parts, no, that's for you. No one should be touching that. Okay, and mm-hmm. that if someone does talk to someone safe and let them know and it is not your fault you know all those kind of things it's getting a little bit better i know when my um son was in scouts uh, as a young child he's in his 20s now um but yeah they started to introduce that um as boy scout stuff started to become uh well known they said okay right. we got to start training and that was part of it. And so we'd have, okay, a little bit more strict rules. Same thing in church. Okay, more strict rules. Okay, we have badges. Only people can sign in and out. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, that no one should be alone with the child. Uh, all these things to help safety, which is great. But, uh, yeah, it's still. Yeah, it's, it's aren't so open. important. I mean, this is one of the reasons why I'm just so glad you're here telling your story because hearing stories from men, you know, just as it did for women, it starts to defeat the stigma. It starts to normalize the conversation around male survivorship, um, makes it, you know, a space in which men can come forward. Um, You know, I do a a project um, with a colleague of mine called the Empowered Parent. And one of the things that I'd really like to see as this project continues to grow are more fathers, um, uncles, male caregivers, you know, showing up into this space and raising their awareness um, because we really do, you know, it takes a village, (laughs) you know, to make sure to train up children, to teach them and to, to have the common language of, here's what to really think about and here's what you really need to know about body safety and consent and, and these sorts of things. Yeah. Thanks for sharing about that. So some dreams have come true for you (laughs) and in this journey, there's, there have been these hardships. There's been many painful moments of, you know, facing and reconciling the traumas that you've experienced and, you know, the angst that you shared about earlier around who the hell am I, right? Like so much of my identity feels, you know, connected into and tied up with the abuse that I experienced and these trauma, you know, responses and symptoms. And as you've moved, you know, through that healing journey, I'd love to hear just a little bit about that that piece and, and just where you're at in your life today. What are some of the things that you're up to? I'd love to hear more about the the coaching that you're doing and, um, you know, the work that you're doing um, with, uh, you know, husbands. <laughs> yeah. Tell us yeah. a little bit about uh, that. Uh, well, part of it, as I've been uh, finding my own healing journey, um, part of it is sharing with others. Uh, I did a lot on Male Survivor just 
I mean, once I started, it was so healthy for me. I hate journaling, but oh, you can like make posts and people can comment and you get all this feedback and it was so helpful. So I just poured my guts out and uh, with everything, uh, anything that I could think of, uh, I would put it out there uh, that first year. And that helped me tremendously. Uh, they have in-person retreats, which is now led by uh, Man Healing. They have weekends mm-hmm. of recovery. Definitely recommend that. Love that organization, yeah. menhealing.org. Am I right about that? Exactly. And yeah. they do uh, in-person and they're, they've expanded to uh, expanded to online events as well, uh, where you can have a whole weekend retreat with other men. And then the counselors at this camp, they're all licensed therapists mm-hmm. and uh, very small groups. And it's safety, 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 because they know that's a huge yeah. thing with survivors. So they pile layer upon layer upon layer of safety. So exactly. you feel safe. And then you're able to share freely and phenomenal experience mm. uh, with that. And uh, as a result of that, I started to share my story more publicly and different podcasts, different venues in person and um, uh, sharing like I am with you, what my healing journey has looked like. Uh, also, uh, let's see, uh, on top of, life coaching now for others, uh, now doing that professionally. Uh, one side hobby I got into is now I'm a professional Santa Claus portrayal artist. And uh, you've got video. Let's see, I've got, yes, this, uh, this I'm on a magazine cover. Uh, I love that this, so much. Yes, this was, oh, uh, you all decked out as Santa. Yes, our local yes. Uh, magazine insert for our local paper. Uh, this is the December issue, of course. Um, and, uh, I've been, uh, ball Santa for a couple of years now. I'll be, this made my third year coming up and, um, love it. It's been so healing and mm-hmm. plus trying to get to a point of knowing that I was safe with children because I was, I mean, I've never had any kind of inkling uh, about not being safe and the staffs are, yeah, for those who for all those men who have been abused, only a very, very small percentage become abusers. And Mm -hmm. then there's a certain ideology that allows that, that causes them to become abusers. But by and large, no, most men do not become abusers. And um, realizing, Mm -hmm. yes, I am safe. And getting to that point to take that on and then just fall in love with it. And I'm now doing that a lot, especially during the holidays. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I did my first Christmas in July event uh, last month, which was fun as well. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and now I'm a professional life coach. I've got my own group, which is Polar Life Consulting, a little play on the Santa, because you got mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, I didn't even put two and two together until you said that. How hey, funny. There you go. And then um, yes. uh, husbandmaterial.com, it's how uh, the husband material, the whole concept is for men to if you're already a husband to make a, yourself a better husband, if you're not a husband, but want to be a husband, mm. it helps you to improve yourself so that you will be 
in a better situation to become a husband. But if you never want to be a husband, you're welcome as well. But their main so. goal, good life skills, just how to right. be, yeah. That's right. Their main yeah. goal is pornography addiction, mm-hmm. and but they've expanded to sexual brokenness. And then when I came in the door, they realized, oh, so many of those men with these addictions also come from abuse backgrounds. And abuse yeah, abuse. high correlation. And, that's for sure. Yeah. And that, so we've expanded to include all kinds of sexual brokenness. So that's still their main focus. Uh, but yeah, I got a little subgroup there uh, working with uh, males who um, have been abused. Mm-hmm. So, um, my. This year, my <laughs> there. And uh, wow. clients, uh, mostly, and most of them have been abused as well. Yeah. And sharing what I've learned in my journey these past uh, few years. Um, and it's been such a blessing to help mm-hmm. other men find healing. Hell yeah, Mike. Oh, I'm so happy for you that you've found a place of joy and fun, you know, in the Santa Claus (laughs) space that you've found a place of passing it on, you know, paying it forward, um, which is such a beautiful thing. And um, on that note, I'd love to, as we start to wrap up, I'd love to hear what you would say is kind of, you know, if there was a man listening today who's experienced childhood sexual abuse and, you know, what would be your advice to him today? Certainly. I would say, first of all, know that the abuse was not your fault. Even if you physiologically reacted, it still was not your fault. Right. 100%. And help is out there. Help is available. You can find healing. And whether contacting me or all those other groups that we mentioned today, help is out there. And you can find healing and you can move from what they say from a victim to a survivor to a thriver. Mm -hmm. You can have a wonderful, fulfilling, joy-filled life. It mm-hmm. is available and healing is not easy. It's been so difficult getting through the stuff, the pain, the hurt. Um, it's hard work, but it is so worth it. Mm. You come out and yeah, you actually can live a life and it's, amazing and no matter what you think happened to you oh it's not the same it's not no I had it much worse um it doesn't matter help is out there and Mm -hmm. healing all you have to do is make that step and get in touch with someone and search for healing and you'll find it Yeah, y'all hear that? Search for healing and you will find it. You can't help but do so. Uh, Thank you for your words of hope and encouragement. And I really just so appreciate you being here and being my guest today. Uh, For everyone listening, definitely follow up with Mike. You can find him at husbandmaterial.com polarlifeconsulting at gmail.com. I'll put all the links um, in the show notes. 
And I just want to say thank you to everyone for listening, for tuning in. As always, if you'd like to make a donation to support the podcast, you can go to bit.ly slash donation. All contributions are applied towards funding scholarships, the running of donation-based and free programs, and making sure that those reaching out for support get what they need. Because, what'd you say, Mike? <laughs> you put your mind to it, you will find it. Yeah, That's right. That's whatever right. you need, it is out there. Uh, and you can visit rachelgrantcoaching.com to learn more about sexual abuse recovery coaching and to explore the other resources at the site as well. Please subscribe to the podcast. Come back next time because we have so much more to share. And until then, take good care of you. Thank you, Rachel. Thanks, Mike. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.